I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 328 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Today's guest is a former Navy SEAL who now works in the Hollywood film industry. Yost Jansen joins me today. And Yost enlisted in the Navy when he was just 22 years old, right after his wife was tragically killed in a car accident. He served with the elite United States Navy SEAL teams for more than 12 years before moving on to a career with the CIA, which lasted a little more than five years. Yost has deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, Libya, Korea, Palestine, and so many others. After his Special Forces career was complete, Yost went on to become a Hollywood actor, stuntman, and advisor. He has worked on such films as Iron Man, Transformers, The Mummy, American Assassin, and so many others, teaching the actors how to shoot, move, and communicate and make it look as realistic as possible. I can't tell you what an honor it is for me to have him here on the podcast with me today. Yost Jansen will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video, and it is available for you guys on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the former Navy SEAL, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, First Class Fatherhood. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Next week, I'm going to be hitting you guys with four fresh episodes, including another First Class Father from across the pond, Spencer Matthews, who was on Season 5 of Britain's version of The Bachelor. He was also a finalist on Celebrity Master Chef. He is a highly successful entrepreneur. Don't miss out on that. Also next week, actor and chef David Berka, who's married to Neil Patrick Harris, will be here. And author and host of Live PD, Dan Abrams, joins me as well. Lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out who else will be joining me here. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day. Right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL, Yost Jansen. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the summer will be here before you know it. Are you serious about turning your dad bod into a beach bod? Well, former Navy SEAL and professional MMA fighter Mitch Aguiar has designed the products to help you smash your goal. Smashing Greens are an extremely nutrient-dense blend of organic superfoods with no fillers. They are designed to be taken as a daily supplement or as a complete meal replacement. All ingredients were chosen to specifically curb your hunger, maximize your energy, clear your skin, and burn fat. Visit MassiveSupplements.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out all available products, including plant-based multivitamins, Smashing Beans Organic Coffee, Protein Shakes, Power Creatine, and more. Smash your greens. Visit MassiveSupplements.com. That's M-A-S-F Supplements.com. Joining me now, First Class Father, Yost Jansen. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. I'm really looking forward to this, man. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two boys. They're 13 and 14. Very cool. What type of sports or activities are they into? Uh, interesting. So when they were three or four years old, um, I'm really focusing on individual sports. So we started them off on motocross and BMX. I wanted to do something where there is a fear and a skill factor. Uh, they're now currently, you know, since then they've gone to cross country swimming uh they're in the junior lifeguard program and this year they're starting uh, volleyball so it's their first team sport 
not big on team sports when they're young because they tend to hide. You know, when you when you do BMX and motocross, there ain't nowhere to hide. You gotta you gotta face your fear, you know, head on. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. I don't get too many of those when I ask that question, so that's pretty <laughs> unique. Um, it, it, you know, if you could, Yost here, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so uh, um, I joined the uh, SEAL teams back in 95, it's, it's just under 13 years in the SEAL teams, and I tried to be a civilian for about a year, and I just hated myself, so I, I went and joined the agency in one of their programs, and uh, um, special operations as well, so I did 14 deployments with them. So between the SEALs and CIA, I've done 18 deployments or trips ranging from two months all the way to nine months. Uh, during the last 22 years. So it's it's unique. I'm gone a lot from the kids' lives. But uh, especially with the CIA job, I have uh, also long gaps as much as two months between deployments where my time is mine. And I get to like spend a lot of quality time with them. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and thank you for your service before I forget to say that. And and so, so then about how old were you when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so uh, so let me actually do the math. So my first boy was born in 2006, uh, 14 years ago, and uh, so that puts me in in the, in my low, you know, just turned 31, 32 of that range. And I always wanted kids, you know, but I was kind of one of those people that uh, I could take it or leave it. Uh, but as soon as you know, as soon as my first one was born, I, I knew I was meant to be a father, and it's just it's been exciting ever since. Yeah, very well said. And uh, what was what was it like for you then now to um, to turn transition out? What was the genesis of you getting involved with your movie career that you do now, too, where you help and assist, uh, um, you know, with as far as with stunts and stuff like that with the films? Yeah, back in 07, when I was still active duty, I was an instructor for the SEAL program. And uh, they were looking for some active duty guys to kind of work on the first Transformers with Michael Bay. So I, I jumped on that opportunity, and from then on, I started working with Harry Humphreys and, and his wife, Catherine, and I've been doing consulting uh, for them on various movies, and then also kind of branched out on my own and has been doing a little bit of stunts and acting uh, on top of it. So it's, it's been a very, very, it's a difficult uh, career to get into, especially if you're counting on it for income, because, uh, you know, there's, I can go six to nine months without a job. But it's very satisfying, too, because you get to actually be part of creating something where not many jobs are like that. So you, you get, a, you get a, um, a, you know, a product at the end you can be proud of, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, well said. And I would think it, it makes a big difference to have somebody that's seasoned and knows what they're doing to give a little bit more authenticity to the product that they're trying to put out there, especially when it comes to shooting and, and all the scenes like that. Um, do your kids watch the movies that, that you're in and that you do, or what do they think about what you you know what you're into? Is it cool for them, or is it, uh, or are they over that? Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, to, to answer the first part of it too is like the, the population, especially Americans, they they have a good eye for authenticity. So when you know when the, when the magazine never runs out on a movie, they know it's it's fake. So they really appreciate you trying to make things as realistic without giving away any secrets, of course. At the same time. Uh, but, you know, my kids are probably the hardest people in the world to impress. <laughs> <laughs> but now they love it. I remember when uh, when the movie 13 Hours came out, my youngest son at the time, he actually quoted back to me every line I had in the movie <laughs> and quoted them back to me afterwards. So I was worried. Are you going to see me at all in this thing or not? But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I had uh, Max Martini here on the podcast ah. from, the, from the 13 Hours. And, um and who I also had um, 
Uh, who played John? Uh, who played Tig in that movie? I had him on as well. Dominic. Uh, Dominic. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. 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 We, I, we have him on. Um, and, and switching it back here to you now, as a, as a father. Uh, obviously, you know what you do has required you to be very disciplined throughout your career. But what type of disciplinarian have you been as a father? And is it dif- different than the discipline style that you grew up with? It's very different. So what I tend to do is, uh, first of all, I look at how I was raised, and I had a generally a pretty good childhood, and and overall more good than bad. But uh, I analyze it and I look at what my parents did right, in my opinion, and what they did wrong. So I, I adjust it for there. You know, for example, like uh, uh, spanking was a big deal. But for us, it turned into a joke. You know, when we were 13, 14, 15 years old, my brother and I would have a competition to see how many paddles we could break in a year. And my mom would have to buy three new paddles at the grocery store every week because if you clench your ass just perfect, you can actually crack the paddle when, it, when it's hit. <laughs> so it turned into a big joke, and I never really wanted to get there. So I still remember my oldest boy when he was like two years old. He kept getting into the dog's food. So I gave him a little spanking on the butt. And then he'd cry, and then he'd go back again. It took 13 times to break his will. But finally, it happened. And I don't think I've spanked him ever since then. There's, there's no real need to. So there's a time and a place for it. So the way I do discipline is like I learned a lot from being an instructor in the SEAL program. You know, instructors will never yell. It's not like Marine Corps boot camp or anything like that. So what I do is, is instead of getting emotional or yelling at my kids or anything like that, I'll just say drop. And what that means, similar to a buzz instructor, when they say drop, you go in the push-up position, they have to bear crawl over to me and hold that push-up position while we have a discussion about what they did wrong, you know, and they're suffering a little bit that whole time, but you have a captive audience. And then when they're done, they have to knock out 10 push-ups, say hoo and then wait for me to say recover, and then they can stand up and carry on. So when I started doing that, it just changed the whole dynamic. You know, I make it a little bit fun for them, too, at the same time. So they know I'm not really mad at them. They just realize there's a consequence to screwing up. And the same with, like, the, the room inspections. You know, we're in first phase of BUDS. You'd have to stand by your room once a week. And, you know, my kids, too, I make them do that once a week. And you have to be there and say, Lance and Luke, standing by and ready for room inspection. And you'd think that'd be easy to remember, but even real bud students will screw that up. So they screw it up, then they have to come back an hour later and try again. And, uh, uh, and you know, I kind of go in there and, and kind of make it fun. I throw stuff around and then three, three infractions and you fail and you got to clean your room again. So I, I kind of make it fun. I let them pass most of the time. And uh, uh, but but doing that makes discipline not like a bad thing, because the biggest thing is I don't want to build resentment in my kids at all. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe there should be some kind of like a buds course for parents to go through, you know, in the beginning to see how we can get all that done. I would love to implement that into my kids because right now I got one that room is a mess and we're working on it pretty big right now. But <laughs> um, what about as far as uh, uh, the technology, Yost, because you're in the same situation. Me, I'm, my oldest is 14. My second one is, is about to be 13. So uh, I'm right there with you. And my oldest just got his phone this year for the eighth grade. And, uh, you know, it's challenging for us because all the kids in this class have it. They have access now. One of the things that I fear the most with it uh, is the pornography that's on there, the access that they have to it. Uh, How do you kind of handle or monitor all that uh, technology and stuff like that with your boys? Uh, We kind of package it all together. So, like, as far as even with money and allowance and technology and working out, all gets packaged together. So, for them, if they do a good job 
on their workout. And we just finished doing a CrossFit workout this morning, you know. So we, so we work out uh, CrossFit three times a week. We run twice a week. We swim once a week. And then we mountain bike. And if they do a good job, they get one hour. And one hour of free time, which means electronics. If they get a personal record, because we record everything, then they get five hours. So we reward them based on how much they effort they put into the fitness. And, and it's still, we kind of make it fun. And then we have these little magnets where they keep track of how many hours they use. And then uh, um, and we just let them do their thing. If they want to use five hours one day and, or on the weekend or something and just sit there and watch TV or play on their iPad, you know, they earned it. You know, but they're definitely not going to uh, get that time uh, as, as some kind of right or anything like that. You know, it's a privilege that they have to earn. Uh, I'm not overly worried about, you know predators on the internet or anything like that overly so like we have a kind of open policy whenever i want to grab the electronic device from my kid they know i can do that and i can kind of look so i keep a little bit of tabs on but you know my kids are, are they're 13 and 14 but they still have their innocence you know they're just kind of entering puberty but but they're not into girls yet or anything so uh, we talk a lot about that kind of stuff and i keep eyes on them but but they're still pretty innocent they still love cartoons and, and they they like simple games and things like that so as they as they get older i'll be paying a lot more attention into monitoring monitoring that as well so yeah real cool yeah myself as well and and since it's a big part of what you do and one of the things i'm curious about because i know uh, a lot of the seals that i've interviewed so, some stand differently where it's um you know they, they're not so for all the material that's available now about the seal team so many people have their books out there's so many different shows dedicated to the seals now i think it's as a civilian i love it i think it's great that we have access uh to follow you guys on social media to read your books and stuff like that um how do you feel about how the SEALs are being presented now in, like, mainstream media as far as, like, shows like SEAL Team, uh, the show Six that was on the History Channel? Uh, do you feel like these things are giving an accurate and well-portrayal of what the SEAL teams are all about? Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with Combat Flags. Combat Flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. Um, how do you feel about how the SEALs are being presented now in like mainstream media as far as like shows like SEAL Team, uh, the show Six that was on the History Channel? Uh, do you feel like these things are giving an accurate and well portrayal of what the SEAL teams are all about? Well, I'll tell you what, without uh, the SEALs kind of embracing the identity in Hollywood and everything, I probably would never be a SEAL either. Because yeah, I was in Canada when the movie with Charlie Sheen came out, Navy SEALs, I think it was like 1990 or 89 or something like that too. Not a really accurate portrayal, but it just the awareness that there was a unit out there. It just led me to more research. Now, uh, the show SEAL Team, there's a lot of uh, friends of mine working on that show and it's been about the most accurate portrayal, I think, to date of what the life is like and, and the stress they're on there and tying in with the family. Um, a show Max Martini was on, too, was The Unit a while back, too. Also a pretty good show. I don't know if you've, you've seen that one or not either. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of embrace it 
it's you know obviously i'm in the hollywood business as well so so uh you know uh, but but you know I, I think that it attracts the top guys into the program it just gets that awareness out there kids at a young age learn about the seal teams and then you know getting the word out there gives the best guys in the front door and then ends up getting the best product you know out in the war zone as well yeah, very cool. Uh, are there any like uh, has there ever been like a most difficult uh, a stunt or ever uh, a most difficult scene or project that you've worked on that you found particularly challenging during your career? Uh, it, it's not really that so much that it's like I am I do train uh, um, the bulk of my what I do is I train actors. And so some of them, you know, I remember I just saw an actor from the UK has never even seen a gun in his life. You know, they're not even allowed to have guns. So and, and we the way we train, if they want to be trained by SEALs, I mean, it's live fire. So a high risk, high risk training. We're not just shooting blanks or anything like that, too. So it, sometimes it is challenging seeing uh, taking somebody that's extremely fearful of the gun. And within a few days, you've got to get them up to the point where they're, they're shooting, they're moving and communicating. So just the accelerated pace of that and the fact that we are doing live fire, uh, it is challenging. And, and you've got to be really intentional on, on basically what you teach and the content that you feel is important. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, uh, you know, guns are always a hot button issue uh, in the political world and all that stuff. But uh, it, it's been a big part of your life. When did you um, intro first introduce guns to your kids or when is a good time to introduce kids to guns and teaching them about gun safety? Yeah, as far as gun safety, I don't think there is too young you can start, but I'm also different than most SEALs I think you probably interviewed. Uh, so far, my kids have not fired a live weapon yet, but uh, they they have airsoft guns. Uh, I start training with them. I remember when I was uh, training for the agency uh, on their screening selections back in 2009. So my kids were only like, you know, yay big at the time, but they were training with me. They had the airsoft guns and we were doing the rundowns, running with guns out in the street. A lot of complaints from the neighbors. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you put the safety gear on, put their mask on. And then I also have a, a CERT gun. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but basically it's, it's a, a full weight Glock, but it doesn't fire anything. And what it does is it shoots an invisible laser. And then on a computer screen, you can check your accuracy. So I've got them training on that as well. And the same thing, treat every gun like it's a live weapon. So I'm taking a lot of time to, to basically teach them at, in a low-risk scenario. And when I feel that they're taking it serious enough, then we'll go to the range and start doing live fire. But I'm not in a rush to do that. I'm not the type, you know, we're not out in the country. We're not hunters or anything. So there's no real reason for me to, to push them into it at an early age. Other than them understanding the safety, you know, they, they know how a gun works. They know not if they see one out there, not to touch it. And uh, I, I keep close eye on it. And, and when they do play around with their cert gun or their airsoft, you know, if if, uh, if they sweep somebody with that gun, man, there's consequences. That's for sure. Yeah, that's cool. And, and, and uh, Yost, does, does being a dad, does that have any effect on uh, which particular uh, movies that you'll choose to work on? Is there things you'll turn down because you're like you don't like the way it would represent yourself or something like that for your kids to see? <laughs> I remember I've only turned down one one job so far, and it was for a commercial. <laughs> I'm laughing because I should have taken it, but I was chicken shit. But it was a commercial for for um, myself and a gay partner for some kind of adoption agency. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't have the balls to say yes. You know, if the if the money was was up there, maybe I would have. But I'm just like, you know, what kind of shit I'm gonna take if oh, I take this job? Oh, man. <laughs> 
no, but other than that, man, it's like I, I love all the projects I've been involved with. You know, uh, the American Assassin, when I read the script on that, it seemed very similar to my story of losing my wife at a young age and then joining the SEAL teams. And, and there was enough correlation there that uh, getting to work with Dylan O'Brien, who was the, the lead on that movie, too, and telling them my story, it, it kind of bonded us pretty close. Yeah, very cool. What about what, what do you got uh, as far as plans or goals for yourself here for the future? Man, I'm currently I'm I'm uh, I'm big into uh, trying business. So I've got two small businesses. I have a window business and then a, a hard money lending business. And I'm into investing. I, I'm invested into a, a supplement company and also into uh, um, a THC CBD company as well, like as a startup. So I, I really enjoy that part of it, too. Um, I'm big into uh, learning about cryptocurrency. And that's another thing, you know, teaching my kids financial stuff is a big priority. So every Saturday night we do like a good 90 minute lesson and we watch shows like Shark Tank and, you know, and we pause it. And it's like, well, give me the valuation on this company, you know, and they have to do the math on that in their head. And I want them to have an entrepreneurial uh, education and spirit and, and desire. So it starts at a young age. And it's the same with, uh, like, I don't give them an allowance. They get money from me if they read a book, you know, something like even Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You read the book, so you do an oral report and a written report, and then I give you money for doing that. So they don't get money for chores or any of that. It's only for education that they get money for. And I pay them in crypto as well because they have to learn how to manage crypto because that's the future. And most adults know very little about crypto but that's going to be like uh, very common in a few years so i want them to get ahead of the game to understand it we run mining operations and that's part of their job here is to maintain the miners and look for the hash rate and you know and and just just be there be the eyes and ears for that when i'm when i'm out and gone and things like that yeah and i think one thing that's incredible about the technology is that we have access to so many of these things now too like you can you can learn so much about it uh, that you're not learning in school, basically, like they're not teaching you about crypto or anything like that or how to handle money, how to set goals, how to, how to do anything like that in school. And I, I did the same with my oldest. I gave him uh, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon to read uh, yeah. to try to get that that, that sense of uh, what to do with a dollar and, and something like that. So um, uh, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, what? last thing I want to hit you with here, Yost, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for the about to be father who's out there listening? Uh, good question. So society will tell you to be a good father, remove all hardship from your kids. But I think that's the worst thing you can do for them. My job is to love them and prepare them for the future. So what I do is I introduce hardships to them. For an example, uh, one of the things we were doing as a family was hiking the Pacific Crest Trail with a goal of by the time they graduate high school, we finish. So I remember the first trip we did, we've done 10 trips along already. It was a three-day trip. It was supposed to be sunny. It ended up raining the whole time. We didn't have the right gear. We had too much weight in the rucksacks. And the whole last day, they were miserable and cold. And, but they toughed it out. And I remember they went back to school, and they told all their friends and teachers they were so proud of what they accomplished. And now keep in mind, we do a lot of fun stuff with them. You know, the weekend before we went wakeboarding and all that kind of stuff. And they're not very proud of that. That's, that's easy. But they're proud of the hardship. So I try to introduce hardship. I mean, with the economy now and everything like that, you know, hardship is coming whether we like it or not. You know, and, and uh, um, another thing is like your kids are not 
small versions of you. That was a mistake. I assumed that my boys are going to be just like me, but they're individuals, which I'm sure you've discovered by now. And, uh, and they're a combination of, of their mother and myself, but they're also somebody that's neither their mother or themselves. They're their own people. And, and the kids are very different. So uh, recognizing that and then also getting behind their passions and dreams you know, and the last thing I will say, too, is is uh, don't protect your kids from life uh, when it when as a family or me as a father, when I'm going through hardships, when I'm having a tough time, let them see that, you know, don't protect them from everything. And because I don't think you're doing them a service by making everything seem like so easy as an adult, because when they reach adulthood, then they're going to have this this fantasy that, oh, life's going to be great now. So, so they, they see when we have our ups and downs, you know, and right now our family's kind of going through another hardship. And so, but they're, they're living it with us and experiencing it and seeing our pain and seeing uh, how we deal with it. And they're judging us based on that. And they're, they're kind of building their foundation based on watching you. Incredible. Yeah, I love the message. Uh, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, Yost Jansen, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. It was a good time. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Yost Jansen for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And if you enjoyed today's Frogman Friday edition, please flip it back through the archives. You will see a number of conversations I've had with our nation's greatest warriors, including so many Navy SEALs, Green Berets, Marines, Air Force veterans, uh, just Army guys. There's so many in there. Uh, I really do appreciate their sacrifice and their service. So if you want, flip through. You're going to see some of the great conversations I've had with some of our nation's greatest warriors. Always an honor and a privilege to have them on the podcast. Lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me here on the podcast. I got some great guests coming your way soon. Hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy out there, and staying tuned. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.